welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited <laughs> to be here with you today. I hope your day has been off to a fantastic start. Um, I think I'm going to call this episode something like there's no one and done. You can't just one and done it, people. And I mean this about several things, but particularly about our personal development, our spiritual transformation work our personal growth work, right? There's no just one and dunning it. So I'm going to dive in with a little story and then we'll, uh, we'll just see where this, where this episode takes us. Cause I have a, I have a bunch of different ideas that um, I want to kind of culminate and bring together in this one episode. So, so often as a spiritual mentor, I hear all, trust me, I hear all kinds of things, but some of the things that I hear repeatedly when I'm talking specifically about, let's say, um, resources or tools or things that might be helpful for people in helping them get the fuck out of their own way and helping them to ease some of their struggles, some of their suffering, some of their stuckness, I'll often say to them, hey, have you listened to this? Have you read this? Have you checked out this? Have you considered this, right? Resources, tools, things to put in their spiritual toolkit. But specifically, let's just let's just run with like books, podcasts, courses, whatever. Okay. So I'll often say to people, okay, um, well, have you read blah, 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 blah? And I'll get some version of this back. Oh, yeah, I've already read that book. Or yeah, 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 I, I took that course. I've taken that course. Oh, yeah, yeah, I listened to that podcast. I listened to that podcast episode. What's so fascinating to me about this, though, is this. Let me let me just put it very bluntly, okay? There's a wicked big difference between having read something, looked at it, taking, quote unquote, doing the course, whatever that means, um, or listening to something. There's a wicked big difference between having read a book, listened to a podcast and any wisdom you might have gleaned from that, or taking a course or even reading A Course in Miracles, right? There's a difference between doing that and actually then applying it, practicing it, living it, and embodying it. What the ego really gets off on you guys is being able to check the box so that the, it can feel like it's accomplished something. It's a little bit like, it's a little bit like a temporary high, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that book. I got that book. Yeah, yeah. I, re I read that book. Yeah. Okay, great. Reading is just like step one. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I did that one and done. All set. Read that book. Because it's a false kind of an action take that the ego loves. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's incredible to read the book or 
you know, uh, watch, watch the video or listen to the podcast, like, amen, hallelujah, being proactive. But then what are we actually doing with the helpful information that we glean, that we get, that we hear, that we learn from these things? We don't just stop at that step one. Then it's up to us to actually start to apply it, to become it, to live and breathe it, to speak it, right? Because here's the thing. When we just try to gather a bunch of information, my one of my one of my um, people that I work with, her name is Marianne C. And I'll never forget something that she told me that her husband Corey, who was a somatic, I think he was a psychotherapist, or I, I feel at least comfortable saying a therapist. Um, he said something once that was brilliant that she passed on to me, and which I always, you know, I always give credit, but then I pass on to others which she said, information doesn't heal. Information doesn't heal. Intimacy heals. And she might mean it in a very particular way in her line of work, but I'm going to adopt it to apply it to what I'm talking about here. It's one thing to read the words on the page, aka information. It's a totally different fucking thing to then contemplate that information, to bring it from your head down into your heart and then maybe into your hands symbolically by doing something with it in the world, right? When we take quote unquote information up in the intellect and dropping it down into the heart, the wisdom of the heart. So then we can actually take action and practice. When we get more intimate with the information, that's when it actually becomes helpful. It is so rare though in my own life that I have ever thought like, oh yeah, I read that book all set because I know how I learn. And it usually takes me with my little knucklehead, (laughs) and I mean that in an affectionate way, it usually takes me hearing something several times, reading something several times before it really actually starts to click and lock in. Like sometimes, you know, you hear something and it's like, it's like, whoa, like time just slows down and that sucker just boom, it just like lands. Once in a while, we get a little piece of information that we get intimate with real quick because it's so resonant and we're like, yes. But even then it's still only a concept. It's an idea. We're not personal with it yet. We haven't made it ours yet. We haven't seen it at play in our life. We haven't gathered evidence yet for it, for us to know that, oh, this is wicked helpful or a truth or something that um, I want to work with or keep and make my own in that way, right? So, you know, we sometimes try to fool ourselves into thinking that, We no longer need to revisit things. We don't need to do them more than once. It's just like, oh yeah, I read that, did that, whatever. Now, here's the thing. That makes sense if it's not something that um, relates to you or is resonant with you. There've been times when I've read something and it just wasn't right for me and it wasn't like, uh, it just did not feel in alignment for me. And maybe everybody else and their mother and their brother and their sister and their cousin was like uh, goo goo gaga over something. And I would just be like, meh, right? It just didn't feel right for me. And that's not to say that it was wrong. It just wasn't right for me at that time. 
And here's another reason why we can't just one and done things, especially when it comes to spiritual work, is because I will be different perhaps the next time I come in contact with something or somebody, <laughs> which means at that point, I might be able to or willing to or ready to receive that information if at that time it is actually helpful for me. There might be some things that I'll just be like, yeah, that will just never work for me. That will never resonate for me. But there have been times in my life where I've discovered that there might have been, call it a person, a place, a program or something that I thought wasn't for me. And then later after some time has passed, I had a different perspective. And I was, I was like, ooh, now, now it might be a good fit. Now it might be the right time. And, you know, it can be really easy to just think like, okay, read that, did it, one and done, don't need this anymore. And, you know, and it's really fascinating, especially, you know, being a wicked longtime student of A Course in Miracles. And again, you know, those of you who know A Course in Miracles, again, I consider it like a, a healing tool, right? It is, it is this big ass book, but it, to me, it's a teaching tool. Okay. Um, and so those of you, some of you may, may or may not know. So at the beginning, there's like a few sections of this book. In the very beginning, you have the text, which is the theoretical um, foundation, the theoretical principles of A Course in Miracles. Then in the middle of this book, there's a reason why I'm telling you all this. In the middle of this book, there's what we call the daily lessons. The daily lessons. <laughs> so there's 365 daily lessons. So one for each day of the year. The reason why I'm telling you this is because it cracks me up. Because when you get done on day 365, okay, there's an epilogue in the back. <laughs> There's an epilogue at the very end of that last lesson of the workbook for students. And you know what the first line of that thing says? After you just got done doing 365 days of daily lessons. This is what this is what <laughs> this is what it tells us. This course is a beginning, not an end. <laughs> and I'll never forget the first time that I read that, this course is a beginning, not an end. I was like, wait, hold up. I just spent like a year reading this friggin' thing. And you're telling me this is just a beginning? Yep. And it reminds me of what I often say to my clients uh, who are in the quest with me, my one-to-one -one clients, right? Um, so the quest is, just, just so people aren't confused, the quest is my one-to-one -one spiritual mentorship program where we also do healing hypnotherapy, brain science, and subconscious reprogramming. That's when people work with me individually one-to-one. -one. And then there's the nest, and the nest is my spiritual community and membership where it's more like a group experience, okay? But they're all like a vibe of spiritual mentorship and personal development and growth work and all this shit, okay? So um, what I often tell my one-to-one -one clients and the members of The Nest is this. You know, there's no, again, there's no one in dunning this shit. So when we're moving through the world, we have the work that we can be doing very um, intimately on an individual level or whatever, um, but then when you guys are done having a session with me or a group call with me and you go back into your daily life, I often say to them as part of their homework or their hot work, I sometimes call it is, 
I want you to be vigilant. I want you to be vigilant for the quality of your thoughts, the quality of your words, the quality of your actions. What that means is you try not to let too much sneak by you. You try to really pay attention to the thoughts that you think, the way that you speak to yourself, the stories you tell yourself, the beliefs that you have, the identity that you kind of walk around with that is based off of your history, your experiences, again, your beliefs and your stories and all that. You got to watch your mind like a hawk. And then you, uh, and, and the reason why is because your thoughts are causal. Your thoughts are cause. Your thoughts are what cause ultimately, right? Feelings, emotions, actions, choices, the words you say, the words you type, the words you speak, right? The way you show up in the world, causal, right? All those other things, effects of your thoughts. So we start number one, watch your mind like a hawk. Number two, watch your mouth like a hawk. Watch the way that you speak to yourself, about yourself, and to and about others. Then I also say, you got to watch your mind, you got to watch your mouth, and then you got to watch your behaviors, you got to watch your habits, you got to watch your choices, because those are often very reflective of how you actually think about yourself and what you think about others in the world around you. And I'll say to them, watch them like a hawk, because there's no thoughts that don't have some sort of repercussion or some ripple effect or some energy, right? Thoughts are energy. Thoughts made real are what happens in the world, Right. What your thoughts, as the Buddha always tells, right? The, your thoughts, you be, man becomes what he thinks upon. You become what you think. So if we're constantly telling ourselves stuff like, I'm a piece of shit, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not smart, I'm not capable, I'm helpless. Like the shit that we tell ourselves, you guys, it really matters. And I'm going to make my point here in a second. So I say to them, you have to watch all your thoughts, all your words, and all your actions. You got to catch yourself. You got to catch yourself. And they'll say to me, like every thought, like every day? And I'll be like, yeah, this is part of self-awareness. And here's the thing. When you realize how much garbage floats around, you know that scene in Star Wars when they're in like that trash compactor and there's that little monster that like peeks its head up and like, I think it just has that one eyeball, right? And Han Solo and they're all in there and all the trash and the murky water in the, in the dock. That's kind of like our mind sometimes. It's a big fucking trash compactor with a bunch of little scary creatures. And I'm always like, what I always say to, say to them like, hey, um, is your mind, if your mind was a place I could visit, would I ever want to go there? Is like, would I have a good, would I enjoy the scenery? Like what goes on in there, right? So there's no just like, oh yeah, I did like one session of therapy and now I'm all set. Oh yeah, I read that one book and now I got it all figured out. And I know you know what I'm talking about if you've ever said something like this, some version of this. I'll give you a couple examples. I can't believe that just triggered me again. I thought I've already dealt with that. I can't believe this is coming up again. I thought I've already forgiven that. I can't, this again, I can't believe we're, we're here again. Meaning, right? Like in this situation or whatever. I thought we dealt with that. So often in our lives, especially when it comes to 
our traumas, our dramas, our history, our family relationships, these conditioned behaviors and patterns and habits and wounds and thoughts and shit that actually doesn't really get resolved. A lot of big gaping wounds that we just kind of try to slap a Band-Aid over and call it a day and call it good. Because healing is a process. Healing our minds and healing our bodies and, you know, healing our emotional and mental states, especially if there's been situations that have been ongoing for a really long time or shit that happened when you were a kid that got deep into your subconscious reprogramming and did not get the attention and the support and the healing uh, that it needed to get like better. We're going to see those things coming back around again and again and again. And it's like, shit, this again? I thought, quote unquote, we already dealt with this. And this is when I just kind of gently say to people, look, there's really no one and done. As long as we are alive, I always say this being human is an ongoing problem. <laughs> you know that saying, you ever hear somebody like one of your parents mumble, Jesus Christ, it's always something. It's always something. And that's how it can sometimes feel, right? In this human experience. And, and that's how it is. Like sometimes like I'll just say to my sweetie, especially having like furry kids, like at one point, it's like we had seven furry kids at one time, right? We're down to three now. We have two dogs and a cat. But at one point we had four dogs, two cats and a bunny. And I would say to my sweetie, I would be like, does it ever end? like cleaning up like rabbit pellets and, and like the, this one peed here and this one puked there and this one's doing that and this one's doing that. And I'm sure if you have toddlers or little kids or if you ever did, or if you had nieces and nephews, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's just like a never ending thing of cleaning up stuff and doing stuff. And it makes me laugh because it's like there's no one and done. Whenever you're in relationship to anything, whether it's yourself, another human being, or an animal or the environment, right? Even let's take your car, for example, right? Maybe you have a truck, an SUV, a car, whatever. We'll just call them all cars for right now, okay? Would you ever just take, in the life of you own a car, let's say you own a car for 10 years or whatever, would you ever just take it in for like one oil change and call it a day and call it good and say, ah, yeah, it's all set. I gave it I one and done. I did that. I did that oil change. I'm all set. That shit will be breaking down in your driveway or on 93 North or whatever at some point if you don't take care of it, right? Your car, like you and your spiritual life, it needs ongoing maintenance. It needs ongoing maintenance to keep things running smoothly. This being human, again, it's an ongoing challenge. It's an ongoing problem. It's an ongoing thing. And don't get me wrong. There are some really beautiful things that happen in this human classroom, in this human experiment, in this human experience. And it's like, there's always a thing. There's always another thing. Like I laugh like every month, every month, do you or do you not have bills to pay? Every month, do you or do you not usually have some work? It's right. It's like this ongoing thing. You don't just go to the gym. If you want to get stronger, you don't just go and lift weights one day and call it good. If you don't, if you want to get smarter, you don't just like read one book and then call it a day and call it good. And when we look for examples of this, when we look at anybody who has ever become masterful at anything, 
whether that, you know, I, I live with somebody who's a pretty masterful musician, right? That guy down, he's down there right now, right? He's either, I guarantee you right now, he's either watching some sort of a video, some sort of YouTube video, tutorial, musician interview, watching something, learning something, or he's got a guitar in his hand or something right now, okay? Even though he's wicked good and he's wicked talented and, and he has grown his skill set, it is an ongoing thing with him. First of all, because he loves it and he has respect for his craft and he knows that there is a shit ton still to learn. Even at 57, when we look at some of the great martial artists, um, we'll call them, you know, masters, okay? They don't just, <laughs> this always makes me laugh. Like, I'm like, do you people who are like crazy, like, um, like whatever it is, like eighth degree black belts, right? Do you think they ever say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to do those, you know, the, the, the masterful people, let me put it this way. This is a better way to say it. The masterful people, they never stop practicing the basics because the really complicated moves or the bigger moves that seem like, whoa, they were built on the foundation of those first primary steps. They didn't just say, oh yeah, I've, I've, I've mastered this so I don't ever have to practice that again. Because there's a certain amount of humility <laughs> that comes from actually being wicked good at something. Because you know all the hours that it took for you to actually get good and better at that thing. Because there was no one in dunning it. There's no one in dunning it. And it's the same thing, self-awareness right? Self-knowledge, discovery of self. It is an ongoing process of evolution. And you guys have heard me say it here on the podcast. There's a reason why you hear me say, I reserve the right to change my mind. This is what I'm saying and thinking and maybe believing right now. But I don't know, two months from now, usually I, I say, hey, even sometimes 20 minutes or two hours from now, I might get information. I might have an experience where I have firsthand personal knowledge of something or a, that might change my mind or enlighten me or evolve me or be like, holy shit. So I always say, this is me right now knowing the best that I know, but shit could change. And that's why I don't look back on some older episodes. I don't you know, even go back and listen to them. But it wouldn't surprise me that something that I said three years ago, maybe I don't think that anymore because, hello, I didn't want and done it. I'm continuing to grow. I'm continuing to heal. I'm continuing to learn, to be, a, to be a learnable, as I like to jokingly say. All right. I am a lifelong student, not only of the world and the particular um, skill sets and crafts and tools and things that I, that I have and I use and resources, but I'm an ongoing student of me. Because let's go back to what I was saying where, KK, I have to like watch all my thoughts and all. Yes, because they're going to continually reveal things to us. And here's just a... Um, I can only say that this is true for me. I don't like to make big blanket statements for everybody um, because there's really only one capital T truth, right? Everything else is more just kind of, I'm going to do a whole podcast about this. But it has been my personal um, experience that I will, um, how do I say this? 
in my own in my own ongoing healing journey let me put it that way i have found that there have been times and i'm talking over years and years and years and years okay there have been times perhaps i say it like this i didn't want the truthy truth there have been times in my life where something was being shown to me or revealed to me or being um, extended to me for, my, for me to kind of see, accept, mm, deal with maybe. And maybe that younger version of me was not ready to look at a thing yet or to accept a thing yet or to, um, again, I always say I, I wasn't ready for the truthy truth as I call it. And it will sometimes take many years and for me, I can only say that it was probably, uh, it's, a, it's a protection mechanism that the subconscious has in place. And sometimes I feel like, again, I'm not being scientific here. I'm talking about like me physically in my own body. I can just say, I think there were probably times when my nervous system was like, no, 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 not ready. No, 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 we're not doing this today, right? So there have been things that I've needed to be exposed to more than one time. There have been things that I needed to be able to self-regulate, get to a place where I could self-resource and self-regulate so that I could finally actually see something, hear something, accept something, and receive the truthy truth of a thing, of a person, of a situation. And I'll say this, that in my journey of writing this memoir, and one of the reasons why it's probably taking me um, a long time which I respect and honor my process. I used to not to, right? I used to be like, oh my God, why am I doing this? I've now come to uh, just fully accept that this is part of my healing journey, writing this book. And there have been times when I have gone to write a chapter or a particular scene or a particular thing, and I could just feel myself going like, nope, not today. And there have been other times when I'd be writing a particular chapter or scene and I would feel uh, like a, a lot of emotion come up. A lot of old stuff kind of come, feels like it comes churning up from the depths of you. Like, you know, if, if your body, imagine if your inner body was like um, a pond or a lake and that sediment, you know, when you, when you step into a pond and you kind of disturb the leaves and, and the, the, you know, all this flot stamp, I don't know what you call it stuff. I call it flot stamp stuff. All that stuff comes like bubbling up to the surface because you're kind of disturbing something that has been still for a really long time. And, and, and there have been just, there have just been seasons in my life where I needed a little more time before I could actually receive something and really hear it. And so what I'm trying to say is we couldn't just stop at the one. There was no one and done. It was like one and not ready yet. And one, ooh, false start. One, I don't know if I want to hear this or know this, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 Don't tell me, right? I'm putting my, I'm putting my hands over my ears like a little kid. No, 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 no. Like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. So there's no one and done, you guys, because sometimes we need a little bit more time on this journey so we can get ourselves in a position of either having more support in place whether that's with a therapist or a spiritual mentor or a clergy or a chaplain or a counselor or whatever, a good support system around you um, where we just needed to get our health, to, whether that's physical or mental health to a certain place or whatever. So you guys, what I'm trying to say is we can't just one and done. 
our spiritual work. There's no, again, just reading the book. I, I can't tell you, right? Again, I, I've been in a relationship with A Course in Miracles for like, I don't even know, like 30 years. It's been, it's crazy. I've been in an ongoing relationship with yoga, <laughs> right? For, since I was 19 years old, okay? So think, imagine I'm 53, I'm about to be 54. I might be 54 by the time this episode airs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it's coming out. But, um, but what I'm trying to say is I didn't just go like, oh yeah, did my teacher training. Like I'm all set. There is always so much more to learn, new perspectives to have, because if we keep doing what we're meant to do, which is to continue to become more self-aware, to know ourselves more, to expand our minds, to expand our hats, to expand our capacity, then we're going to find that um, things that, how do I say this? The more that we continue to do this work, the more safety we start to experience within ourselves or with others who are walking along beside us on this journey, the more stuff is going to, I think, come up. I call it like coming up from the basement, right? If you picture yourself like a house and in your mind is like that dusty old attic where the crazy lady in the rocking chair sits, remember, that, remember the movie Psycho? And then down in the basement, it's like, oh God, what's down in the basement? Like what's down there? We tend to spend most of our time just kind of in that living room, kitchen, bathroom area with the, you know, the bedroom area. So that's, we like that level of the house. We don't have to really, you know, what's the scary sound in the attic? We don't really want to go up there. And a lot of times we don't really want to go down into the basement where it's it's a little moldy and damp and dark. We kind of like to spruce and fluff the pillows on the first floor, you know? And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna keep this neat and tidy. See, it's all set. Everything's good here. Like, don't go to the other places, you know? And uh, don't open the closets though, you know what I'm saying? And so the more that we do this work, I often say like, if we decide to just stop, it's basically like we get developmentally and emotionally stunted. And I've heard my friends who are in 12-step um, programs say things like this, that I kind of, you know, I'm quoting, right? What we have found is that, I'm quoting them, what they have found is that people who start to drink or use or abuse substances, there's a part of their personality, there's a part of them that kind of gets stuck at the age when they really first started doing those things. You become developmentally kind of like a little bit stuck. And so if we actually continue to do this work, what we'll see, what I have found for myself, again, in my own spiritual journey and work is that when I've tried to do a lot of things just like on my own with like, oh yeah, I read that book. Oh yeah, I did that thing. <laughs> it's like, yes, but I'm interpreting that work in that book, in that movie, in that podcast, in that course with, the, with the, the mind that I have at this level right now. So if I continue to grow, I am more likely to have new perspectives. If I continue to work with uh, an external teacher, and the role of any good external teacher is to keep pointing back to your own internal teacher, but if I continue to work sometimes with myself, of course, numero uno, with the divine, okay, of course, numero uno. But then number two, if I have an outside helper, what will usually happen is at some point, I will be able to see things from a, a more expanded kind of point of view. 
And if we're left on our own to navigate things without helpful tools, without a spiritual toolkit, without resources, without sometimes um, a perspective shift that is often very helpful when another person says something like, have you considered? Have you ever thought? I wonder if, right? When they ask us questions where we can kind of tune into our own internal knowledge sometimes. If we try to operate though without those kinds of things, we often end up coming at, um, at our lives from a place of our old conditioning because we won and done it right? We're like, oh, oh, no, not doing that again. Tried to go to therapy once, didn't like that. Tried to go to a yoga class once, all set, didn't like that. Oh, tried to journal and write down my feel. Oh, I tried to meditate. You know how many people are like, oh, I tried to meditate. It's too hot. I can't do it, right? They try to one and done things. It doesn't fucking work. <laughs> we have to be consistent. I know that when I first started going to Al-Anon, and I, uh, it has been my experience, again, from, from friends that I know who are in 12-step programs, they've all heard this too. At least they tell me this, right? So when you're first starting a program or something like that, for me, Al-Anon is for like, um, you know, family members and loved ones and friends of people who have substance, um, um, you know, uh, abuse disorders or addictions and stuff like that. And really, Al-Anon is not to, to try and, you know, fix them, quote unquote, fix them. It's really about figuring out our own role in, in all of all of the stuff, okay? Um, but one of the things they always say is when you're first trying to figure out where your, what they'll call your home meeting is, right? Like the, the meeting that you tend to go to weekly or whatever, daily sometimes, whatever the thing is. They're like, go to at least six different meetings. Go to at least six different places because inevitably you're gonna find one that fits. Inevitably you'll find one that resonates. I used to say the same thing about yoga studios when people would say to me, like, how do you know if a place is your place? Or, if, you know, people would write to me and they say, I'm thinking about starting yoga. Like, what should I do? I live in a different state. And I would always say, check out a few different places. And sometimes check out the same place at different times. Check out different teachers because you might love the studio space, but you don't like that teacher. You might like that teacher, but the space is creepy, but maybe they teach at a different venue, right? Same thing. We can't just say, oh, I tried meditation once and I didn't like it. There's so many different styles of meditation. So you guys, this is like, again, it's always, these episodes are always like a little love letter from my hat to yours. Um, if, we, if, we, if we insist on just keep trying to figure everything out totally on our own, uh, without any kind of help or support, we often end up coming at life from a place of our old conditioned default modes. Our old conditioned default modes, which is basically like another way of saying like our unresolved wounds or our old stories or our triggers or those old fears or those traumas and dramas that have not, again, been given the support, the attention, the kindness, the compassion um, that they needed in order for us to heal or to get better. And what happens is, is, is when we try to do it that way, we, we just keep doing the same old shit. We keep doing the same old shit, but we keep hoping that it's gonna have a different or a better outcome. <laughs> we keep doing the same old shit, <clears throat> but then we just secretly kind of hope that it's gonna have a better outcome. And then we wonder why nothing is really changing. You know, it'd be like if, if, you know, you went to the doctor because you had, um, 
uh, let's see. I don't know. Let's say you had um, a problem with a, a muscle or something. And the doctor gave you very specific directions, like put ice on it, take some Advil, like whatever, stretch it, get a groin pull, do this, do this. And you just did it once. It's a protocol that is set up for like seven days or 14 days or a month, but you just do it one because you're like one and done. I don't feel like it. But you guys, we cannot one and done ourselves. We definitely cannot one and done our spiritual work. We need ongoing maintenance. And sometimes it can be really helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me, hold on. So sometimes it can be really helpful um, to, to work either in a program or like in a membership or something like The Nest, where you're with another group of people, like-minded community of people who are, you know, working on the same shit, doing the, using, um, you know, kind of like-minded, like people who want to play a proactive role in their own healing. So they're showing up and you're getting support and community and camaraderie and all that stuff. And then sometimes, you know, there's obviously like the quest where I do that one-to-one -one work because sometimes we want to do things in a more private or individual experience or program where it's really just kind of individual and it's, um, you know, mano e mano or mano e womano or womano womano or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just really that kind of one-to-one thing. Uh, I have found that a lot of times people, when they have really big stuff that, that, that they want to um, focus on and heal and work on, um, and they know it's going to take, right? This is, this is a process. That's why I work with people in like three-month capacities and sometimes six-month and sometimes 12-month 12, 12 capacities. Uh, the nest is just an ongoing, it's an ongoing month by month by month by month thing. Um, but usually in one-to-one -one work with pretty much all the coaches and, and people and stuff that I know, you know, it's a specific amount of time. And when you get to the end of that time, sometimes people say, that was amazing. I feel so great about this. And sometimes they're like, I'm ready to go and I want to just try and do this on my own. And then, you know, whatever. And sometimes some people say, I know I'm not done yet. I have other things I want to work on. I want to continue on. And it's a beautiful thing. So you guys, this is just, um, I just kind of in some ways want to make it a little more normal for the fact when you find yourself saying shit like, I can't believe this again. It's like, yeah, and sometimes for a lot of different reasons, which I've already, you know, discussed here um, at length. So I hope that this is helpful for you. And if you are somebody who you find have kind of done that poo-pooing thing where you're like, oh yeah, I already read that, already read that. You know, um, there's a reason why in the nest we revisit a lot of the modules, what I call the modules of the spiritual toolkit. Because in my the people in the nest will tell you, people who have been in the nest for like two and a half, three years will tell you, uh, every year when we come back around to discuss this thing, I am different and I'm seeing it with a totally new set of eyes. And it's why people stay. And then I have people in the nest who have been in there going on three years. First of all, because they love the community. They love, you know, the whole shebang um, being a part of it. And also they really love the content. They love that they get to see their results and their growth in where they were six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, whatever, because we are always, right? Like I said, there's no one oil change in this sucker, right? We need continual maintenance because this being human is usually an ongoing uh, situation and it's an ongoing challenge. So you guys, I hope you found this helpful in some ways.
I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found something that you heard today helpful, please share this with a friend or a loved one, or if somebody pops into your mind, trust that, trust that intuition, trust that gut instinct, trust that little nudge from your spiritual team, right? If you're ever listening to this show and you think, oh, and you think of your cousin or you think of your auntie or you think of your brother or whoever or a coworker, trust that instinct and just send it along with a little note. Hey, I was listening to this you know, um, thought, thought you might enjoy it or whatever you say, um, because it just brings me so much joy to know. This is one of those reasons why I do this podcast is so that I get to be of service and help people who maybe aren't ready to or, or can't afford to or whatever the situation is uh, to, to come into, you know, um, the nest or the quest or work, you know, to, to purchase something. This this is a, a, a resource that um, I share with all of you and in hopes that it will be uh, helpful in some way, uh, at the very least entertaining. <laughs> but if you just get a little sip, sip, if you get a little sip, sip, as my friend Linda Ty says, you get a little nugget from it, um, that, that, will just, that will just make my heart so happy. So you guys, wherever you go out into the big, to the big old world, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment, and yourself. May you leave it better than how you found it. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>